I, I immediately got sidetracked when I said fist coming in out of, out of an island. No, I was like, oh, I'm getting all sexual. Um, okay. Why do you gotta put it in such terms to make me feel like I'm just wasting my life, just flushing it right down the shitter? Lovable, squeezable Clint Howard. If these people didn't want to be eaten, why were they all splashing around in the water all food-like? So I'm magic micing it up now for the rest of the episode. What about the dongs? Because here comes some movie reviews. He's he's just so weird looking and cool. It's just every two minutes. Dad, get me a snack. Dad, get me a drink. And Dad, do this. And look at the thing I drew. And can come help me with this. And come help me with that. And uh huh. And it's so frustrating. That's a ninety-minute movie, and it took me three hours to watch it. It's every two minutes. I'm not exaggerating. Let's get up for this. Get up for that. Go do this. Go do that. Mm-hmm. Damn it! Just let me sit down and watch this. And then we watched a movie in the evening. Me and the wife and. Boys, go play. We are going to take the TV for two hours. Well, that took three hours. Because, you know, constant interruptions. Fighting and crying and hungry. Just and, yep. whining and I, I gotta go potty. And, I, you know, because Corbin, you know, when he has to go take a shit, he has to get completely naked to do it. And it's like, why? Oh, of course. Why do, you, why do you do this? And so then you gotta help him with his clothes and wipe his ass. And, you know, it's like, <sighs> I keep trying to tell him, dude, you don't have to get... All the way completely naked to take a shit. Just, oh, but I want to, Daddy. I, I want to. Like, socks and everything. Just, he comes walking out of the bathroom butt-ass naked with a pile of clothes. And Just I'm, animalistic. I'm so Just... worried it, what he's like at preschool. I'm like, has he ever taken a crap at preschool? <laughs> uh, oh. So is he going to be, I wonder if he's going to be one of the kids when he's in, like, first or second grade when he goes to take a leak at the urinal. It's like the pants and the underwear are all the way down to the ankles, and he lifts the shirt up. You know, like, there, there's always that kid. Yeah. There's always that kid, and I remember, like, I literally can remember back to my back to <laughs> back to my elementary school days. I'm like, oh, there's that kid. I remember. I'm like, wow, that is that's out there. That's like, a style. We're, we're talking, yeah, we're talking. Just no shame. Like, he's very proud of his body and what he's doing. <laughs> oh, that could be him. I don't know. I think he. I don't know if he does that though when he's taking a leak. I don't think he does. I mean, I know he doesn't take all his clothes off, but I don't think he pulls his pants all the way down either. Yeah. yeah, and it's not, it's what's funny is when it's not just the pants and the underwear, but the shirt goes all the way up. Oh and yeah, you kind of your yep. your chin holds it up. Yes, yes. <laughs> just splattering yeah. urine all over his stomach and chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the best is when you if you ever have an emergency and you have to use the kids' toilet, the, the one where they use the most, and you sit down and you're like, I'm sitting in wet. Like I just my my ass feels wet. <laughs> like ah, that's because I'm in the kids' bathroom and they they enjoy peeing all over the. Everything but the actual oh, liquid in the... Mine yeah. do pretty good, but unless the lid is down, or the seat is down, Corbin sometimes completely misses and hits, like, the front yeah. of the bowl. And then it's just yeah. all over the floor and everywhere. And I'll, I'll, I'll he'll be gone for too long, and I'm like, oh, no, what now? So then you go look, and he's in there just... Just reeling off the toilet paper, trying to throw it down and, you know, just... <laughs> I'm buried in it when I walk in there. Oh, my God, Oh, dude, yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Pissing freaks. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But anyway, how's life otherwise? Yeah. Good. I've got uh, so excited. I got jury duty coming up tomorrow. That's that's great. I got time for that. Um, yeah. I. Uh, see, what should you wear if you wanted to get dismissed? 
I, I'm, yeah, I'm actually, I mean, I have my, my outfit already picked out. I'm going to go uh, in Metallica black, where it's black pants, black shoes, black shirt. Um, and I'm like, do I sport the tattoos or not? Because yes. that could scare off the prosecution. Like, you know. No, uh, no, I think the opposite. I think the prosecution would want you. Like, oh, they just, oh really? He's a bad guy. That he, yeah, he's probably committed a couple crimes. <laughs> oh, no, but maybe you, you're right. Maybe it is the other yeah. one. Yeah, because huh. yeah, the... Yeah, the prosecution would be like, ah, uh, he's going to be sympathetic to the bad guy. Okay, yeah, maybe you're right. I was going to say, maybe he's just a, a bad dude looking to fry somebody, fry somebody, yeah. but uh, no, you're probably right. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to, whatever, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I will not lie, but whatever whatever the, the thing is that I'm going to go into, it's going to be, I'm going to have an opinion on that. <laughs> you? I have an opinion on no a great way. number of things, yeah, and I'm going to have a pretty strong opinion one way or the other on... <laughs> That thing. So whatever it is, it's yeah. there. You go. Parking tickets. That's worse than abortion. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear it now. Oh, and the last I I got picked the last time, and I'm like, what did I do the last time to get picked? I don't know, but I was a juror. It was interesting, but I just I'm so busy. I it's hard for me to. Are you in there when they do the selection? Like, do you know which side wanted you to stay on the jury, or is that all done when you're not in the room? They just you just sit in there and they uh, both attorneys ask you random questions, ask different people different questions. Like they'll just say, "Juror, I think I'm juror 62 or 63," and they'll be like, "Juror 63, what do you you know? Do you think that there's any laws that that you disagree with that you think that if if the you know if the person would have broken them that you feel strongly that that shouldn't be a law? Would you still?" Would you still say they're guilty? Or, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, where do you think, you know, whatever the case may be. And I haven't, who, who knows what it, it could be something as simple as, yeah, like 10 unpaid parking tickets. Yeah. I don't, or it could be domestic abuse or drugs or whatever. But I'm going to have an opinion. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty straight, like down one side opinion on that. So, yeah. They're, and if they pick me, then all right. They're like, Juror 62, better album. Master of Puppets or Justice for All? Uh... Ooh, and then I'll look at them all and say, if I could slap you, I would, and I'd say Slayer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what you would do. <laughs> That's great. Dismissed, and you go directly to jail. Yes. We'll see you in a month. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow oh, you get boy. more jail time than whoever was being prosecuted. <laughs> yes, yes. So I have you ever been... Uh, have you ever... I've, got, I've gotten the letter, and... I, like, I maybe had to call in or something, but I never had to go in. No, this is the second time in three years. Wow. Like, and I'm just like, like, oh, I, I, last time I was like, there's no way they're going to pick me. And they picked me. So now I'm like, well, what are the odds? And in the back of my head, I'm like, you can get out of this. But then the other side of my brain is like, oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're going to be the first juror they pick. And well, I'm guessing that there's a few more jury trials where you live than where I live. Yes, yeah, that's another thing too. Is up here, it's you know, it's in downtown Canton, and yep. Mm-hmm. So who knows? We'll see how it goes. Other than that, yeah, it's yeah. I trying to watch as many movies as I can and juggle that with all of the responsibilities of doing what I do. Yeah, on top of writing John Grisham's next book. Yes, that. <laughs> all right, and you. Oh, good. I've kind of been on a break here because the weather's gotten so crappy and the work has slowed down, so it's been nice. Had a kind of a long weekend and uh, didn't have much to do today, really. I guess I did go out and do some stuff, but the the weather's just been so crappy that nobody's really 
doing all that much. So I've just been taking, trying to lay low and watch movies and hang out and ah, ready for the kids to go back to school. And oh, me too. Oh, cabin fevery. Oh, I can tell. Yeah, they same with my kids. They're, they're, they're tomorrow. They're going back to school. So supposedly us too, but we just got another couple inches of snow today and. The roads are supposed to be pretty bad, so they might be off. I don't know. I, I'm going to be off tomorrow anyway, so it doesn't make a difference to me. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Well, yeah. For, I'm going to be at the courthouse, so does, you know, yeah. That's we. Yeah, that's my day. Sounds but, amazing. I actually, I actually, I'm planning that if uh, all goes as like if I'm I go in and they're like, nope, here's the twelve jurors. You're not one of them, and then you can leave. I'm going to celebrate by going and buying another e-sig. Is that a good? Is that a good reward for doing my civil? Civic duty or whatever? I, civil I, duty, jeez. It's one of the two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you were, My civil civic you duty. You were civil is, in your civic duty. <laughs> yes, so therefore I got another Easter. All right. That's like, like, like ooh, there's my, that's that's going to make the morning go, or God, no, the, the whole day go better if I, there's an e-sig on, at what the if, end of the tunnel. What if it's uh, like a, a freaking murder trial and you're on this thing for months? Oh. Oh. I, I mean, literally the first thing I think of is the theater. What? Okay. Well, <laughs> Lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> See you when we figure this one out. <laughs> yep. Lock the doors. We're done. <laughs> wow. So, All right. Enough anyway. of that. Enough of that. Let's talk yeah. about some movies. <clears throat> yeah. Let's start off like we always do and dive in the ocean of cinema and find those gems in the rough with the roulette. And last week uh, we picked Voyeur up against Before I Wake. And I get to go first. Yep. Okay. Legendary journalist Gay Talese. His first name is Gay. That's just okay. so you know there. Talese. Okay. I'm not saying anything weird. Unmasks a motel owner who spied on his guests for decades, uh, but his bombshell story soon becomes a scandal of its own. This is a documentary about you know a guy who grew up being a voyeur. Even from a little kid, he explains he was into peeping, toming, watching other people have sex and stuff like that. And uh, as he got older, he shopped around and found a perfect motel with arched ceiling or a, a roof so that he could build peeping Tom things into every room. And he owned this motel for like 15, 20 years and would spy on everybody and like write down things that he saw and make notes and all this kind of crazy stuff. Interesting story. And so this journalist wants to write a book about it, and he does. Uh, and then, you know, towards the third act, it unravels a little bit because it seems like this guy's facts are off. He do, he can't even, he doesn't have a, even have the right notes of what year he bought the hotel. Uh, so then it's like, well, if you start down that slippery slope of, well, this fact was a little off, then how am I supposed to trust any of the other facts journalistically? How am I supposed to trust any of the other things you've told me? Because there's no other second source to compare it to. Yeah. Which is required for journalistic integrity. So then... Yeah, uh, it's a good documentary. It's worth checking out. It was an interesting story. Um, but it's not like, oh my god, you have to see this one. It's crazy. But it was definitely worth a watch. And it's for, you know, Netflix original is very well edited and everything. And it's uh, definitely an interesting story. If that weirdness you think sounds like an interesting watch, then go check it out. That's about all I have to say on that one. Oh, okay. Seems a bit forgettable. No, I remember it, but it's just sort of weird that we spent so much time building up all this stuff just to, at the end be like, oh, but a couple of these other facts came out as there's no evidence to back them up, so 
it might be all for nothing. I mean, I believe that he uh, he did spy on people. They have evidence and proof of that, but all of the stories, there's no proof of. So, I... All right. It's kind of like when I watch a movie and it says, based on a true story. And then half of it, you're like, well, nobody survived, so how is there an accounting of that? Like the perfect storm or that slasher yeah. one out in the outback. If, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. I got what you. What's that one called? Wolf Creek? Yeah, Wolf Creek. Yeah, it starts off based on a true story and it ends up their bodies were never found. It's like, well, then how do you know that this guy kidnapped him and tortured him to death for, you know what I mean? Like, huh? Yeah. Uh, you can speculate that, or maybe they captured some psychopath who said that he did torture people, and so you can, you know, guess, but to show it like that, it just felt weird to me. So, who knows? Maybe it's all true, maybe it's not. Check your vents when you check into hotels, I guess. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Will do. Before I wake. Okay, Before I Wake, directed by Mike Flanagan. I did a little research on this, uh, too, because I do like uh, Mike Flanagan. I've uh, Actually, I believe that uh, I've seen every one of his, uh, every one of his movies, uh, or at least the ones that have been more, like, Prominent. mainstream. Uh, Absentia, or Absentia, I guess, uh, Oculus, and uh, Ouija, which is the sequel, prequel to the original Ouija, which was really good, by the way. Gerald's Game, which was fantastic. Uh, Hush. And uh, this one here. Now, this one uh, actually was uh, filmed, it says 2016, but I believe that this was filmed in 2014. And this was like right after Oculus and before Hush and Ouija and Gerald's Game. Uh, and it feels a bit like that, like... He was still coming into his own as a director. Like, it still feels... Because I've watched so many of his movies, especially Gerald's Game, which is fantastic, this is not that good. And it it just feels like it's building up to better things. Like, this director is building up to better things. Having said that, it's still a good movie. Kate Bosworth is in it. Thomas Jane is in it. Um, and they both do good enough jobs in the movie. It's Basically, it's a very PG-13 type I don't want to say horror light, but kind of horror light. A uh, young couple adopts an orphan child whose dreams and nightmares manifest physically as he sleeps. And there's some really good creepy imagery, and you, you know, you think the kid actor is pretty good. Uh, how do I say this without spoiling it? It's one of those movies to where, oh, that's why this and this is happening, and it's heartfelt, and it's tugging at the heartstrings. Not, I mean, I was, uh, all right, fine. But it's one of those where it's like, I don't want to say it's like the Babadook because this is better than that. It's better than that movie. But it's, and the kid wasn't annoying in this, but it's like that where it's like, oh, here's the real reason why there's a, where there's these things. Maybe that, I forget the, I all but forget about the Babadook. I just remember feelings and emotions in that movie. Yeah, well, at the end, you were led to believe that, or at least I felt that way, that probably nothing was happening at all. And it was just with them having emotion issues. Yeah. Not, there and there was no. something going on. Yeah. And there's something that's going on here, but I'm, I, 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 you kind of halfway through, I'm, here, I'm like, okay, I, I see where this is going. This is, you know, the loud jump scary stuff, but technical aspects were all very good with this movie. The direction was fine. The acting was good. Uh, some of the effects were, while I don't want to call them low rent, they were effective for a low budget movie. Uh, but it's just, uh, the main thing I took away from this was, a stepping stone for Mike Flanagan to bigger and better things, which Ouija, uh, 
Origins of Evil and especially Gerald's Game are much better movies than this. But for a roulette, this was easily watchable. I don't know where you, I don't know if you need to watch it in October or whatever. If you uh, want, it's I always save roulettes for October. Okay, this is this is harmless hour and a half, middle of the pack. I'm hoping that I watch a lot better stuff, but I'm seriously if I could. If I could buy this for the rest of the, like this quality for every single roulette for the rest of the year, here's my money. <laughs> that is shooting high. So that's, you know, if I, so if I don't have to sit through half of the year of complete and other shit, which I'm sure we'll be getting into probably next week. Uh, <laughs> well, that I would depends buy if this. you make wise decisions or poor decisions. <laughs> uh, I see the list that you've Here given comes me the already. poor decisions. Let's yep. dive into the next week picks. <laughs> um, it's, on Netflix, so I thought I'd throw it your way. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is the original from 1971 with Gene Wilder. And I don't expect you to come away liking this movie as much as I do because you like this uh, remake so much. But yeah. I still think it uh, you would not hate it or anything. And you would enjoy Gene Wilder. He's always great. So, it's a roulette that you can have. Uh, next yeah. up, Pokemon 2016 is what I'm calling this entry because... All of the title on Netflix is in uh, Asian lettering or something, so I don't know what that is. Um, if you have trouble finding it, I can send you a link to it. Okay. Uh, Pokemon trainer Ash joins the mythical Pokemon on its mission to a mechanical city to rescue the artificial Pokemon Maginera. 94 minutes. Now, the reason I added this is because you... I, I'm the anime guy, yes, but I haven't really watched any Pokemon stuff, and you dove into a bunch of it with the family. So I did, yes. This is a new Pokemon movie. It's from 2016. Hey, why not? Uh, last up, Ghost House, because I gotta throw Eugene something horror. While visiting the site of a supernatural shrine in the Thai countryside, a vacationing couple unwittingly upsets a vengeful demon. Now, a couple of things in that. I was like, okay, well, at least go into another country, and vengeful demon always sounds cool. I'll at least give it, the, I mean, the title is awful, and the, the cover art's awful, so that looks like Netflix roulette trash. So I went and watched the trailer. And... Look pretty scary. Look pretty good. It, I didn't see any red flags in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, definitely going on the roulette. I would guess okay. that the first half of that movie is going to be a little slow, and then it's going to kick off because you got to you know grow your characters. Americans going. It look. It looks like it kind of has a Juan Asian sensibility, but it's Americanized, so it's not probably not going to have that slow middle. Because it's Americans going to that place instead of okay. uh, being from there, I guess. That was kind of like the temple, which was serviceable. That was... I There were some things in the trailer that were like, I was like, oh shit, that is, that's scary. Wow. That was like really well done makeup and stuff. It was cool. So, Good. Well, so it's obviously not going to be one of those shot for $10,000. I have no clue. I am not backing this movie. <laughs> I'm telling you what I saw in the trailer. That is all. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to dive on that 99 minutes, that is up to you. Ooh, that's about a good 15 minutes. Okay, well, your movies. <laughs> your movies. First up is, actually, I believe all of these have been on the roulette. They have. All three of these have been on the roulette in one form or another. And none of us picked them, so here we go. Let's try it again. Infinity Chamber from 2016. A man trapped in an automated prison must outsmart a computer in order to escape. Good premise, more than likely. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be another one of those uh, bottle 
movies, like a bottle uh, episode of Star Trek to where we can get away with a low budget because we've got one guy in a room and that's our 50,000 bucks. But you never know. It might be something cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I it looks like the production values are uh, decent on it. But uh, this director has made one other movie and that was from 1996. So he's had a long time to let this one gestate. Oh, man. Quit trying yeah. to talk me out of it. I was, I was kind of liking this yeah. pick. But, oh, what else? <laughs> uh, residue from... Oh, shit. Of course, I'm... Okay, hold on. I, I always have IMDb and Netflix up. And uh, the one thing with IMDb is you come up, you pull up a title like a generic title like Residue, and there's 50 residues that <laughs> pop up or whatever, none of which are the one that you want. Right. Uh, so, Residue. And, of course, there are several on Netflix. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> uh, okay, here it is. Here's the with the creepy-looking uh, demon makeup guy. Uh, Private Detective's world begins to unravel as he comes across an oozing book with mysterious and sinister... Powers. Uh, effects look kind of cool. Did you watch the trailer? I sure did not. No, what effects look cool then? Um, oh, the picture. The picture there. looks great. I went and watched the trailer on this one. Uh, uh, I, I will not be putting it back on the roulette anytime soon. Ah, oh, maybe. go watch the trailer. Okay. Shot on video, you see. <laughs> um, okay, last but not least is our old friend, The Similars. Yep. Stranded in a transit station one stormy night in 1968, eight strangers begin to fall victim to seizures only to wake up disturbingly altered. Uh, I'm serious. This could be a gem. It sounds so cool. And I think it's in black and white, which could be emo or it could be cool. You find out when you pick this. (laughs) There you go. Um, I get to go first. I will take... Screw it. I'll take Infinity Chamber. Let's see what he's been up to for the last... Oh, 20, 22 years, years or 32, however long it's been. <laughs> okay. And for me, let's go with the uh, Scout Taylor, whatever her name is, joint uh, Ghost House. Who? Oh, the, what's her name? The, she's the, the main star of that thing is the screaming wonder from Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, Scout Taylor Compton. Oh, I didn't even recognize her. Huh. Yeah, Screamy McScreamsworth. Yeah, really. So, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Oh, boy. I kind of feel like we've devolved from the first two weeks of this year's roulette. Oh, we're right down. Yeah. Yep. Infinity Chamber up against Ghost House. Oh, just those titles. God. (laughs) You know. What are the chances of these being in top ten of the year next year? Uh, Very slim, I would say. Hi. I would like $50,000 to make my sci-fi movie. What's it uh, called, (laughs) sir? Infinity Chamber. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. Yep. And you'll watch it. And I'll, of on course, the other side, me. I'd like to make my horror movie for fifty thousand yes. dollars. Cool. What's it titled? Ghost House. Yes. I know one person that will watch that no matter what. His name is Doofus Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, yep. folks. And the guy goes, "Can we see your outline for the story at least?" And he goes, "Nope. Movie freaks." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. You never know. It, these, that's why we do this. Yep, they, that's they why we be, do it. They could be gems. All right, let's move on. Do a little rabbit trail. We got some time. I didn't find much to come up with for as far as news going on right now, so I've just got some comic book dork stuff that I thought I'd throw at you and see what you think. Okay. Uh, so... 
there's long been rumors of Affleck leaving Batman or WB maybe not wanting him back or whatever. And once again, these rumors come up and somebody says, oh, it looks like if he's not uh, going to do it, then Warner Brothers is probably going to put in Jake Gyllenhaal. And I just wondered, what do you think about Jake Gyllenhaal as Bruce Wayne? Probably oh. starting with the standalone movie that uh, Matt Reeves is directing, would be my guess. Man, I don't know. I mean, oh, they're just, they're playing musical chairs with these superheroes now. It's, the new Spider-Man, it's the new kid, and he's funny, and I'm like, what about the last guy a couple of years ago? And it's, there. maybe that's just me, it just seems like there's just musical chairs with some of these superheroes. And, ah, it's like, to me, personally, I think that uh, Christian Bale was the the Batman of our time. He was, those movies were so good. It's hard for me to, I mean, I, Ben Affleck was fine. He's, he's fine as, as Bruce Wayne, but I don't know. It just feels like another roulette of (laughs) Batman characters. Yep. And I agree. And I understand when they change the universe or reboot the universe, they got to start over and that's fine. I just don't, it's always a little harder when you're rebooting the universe when those characters are like with amazing Spider-Man, there was no reason that you couldn't have just kept that guy on. I thought he was fine. I mean, I know they wanted to go younger with Tom Holland and everything, but it's like, come on. (sighs) Yeah. I think they were interchangeable. Like I, I don't know. I, (sighs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) man. Yeah, I know. I I think uh, Gyllenhaal, I think could, I I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, he could be fine. He beefed up like crazy for that one boxing movie oh yeah it? the boxing movie yeah he did i never saw that movie but i saw pictures of him and i was like judas he's jacked um i think that clint howard should be a villain sometime. <laughs> like really root for that guy make him a villain in one of these movies <laughs> he's he's just so weird looking and cool and it should be just and, like a cameo of not a real villain just walking through arkham all of a sudden it's like calendar man <laughs> <laughs> calendar man I don't know. He always reminded me of the villain from uh, The Incredibles. Like, just, just you know, crazy weird hair and just like, oh, you just seem like Clint Howard. <laughs> awesome. Lovable, squeezable Clint Howard. <laughs> if they could get Jake Gyllenhaal, that would make two Gyllenhaals now that have replaced characters in Bat Universe. Oh, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal replaced uh, yeah. Katie Holmes? Yeah. Wow. And see, that's Which, what I didn't like because even though Katie Holmes was like, the greatest actress in the world or anything. I didn't have a problem with her in Batman Begins, even though I remember that a lot of people did. And it, it just sort of, it, then it makes it jarring when you go to that transition because it's a totally yeah. different uh, actor. And I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief and I'm not knocking the dark Knight for that, but it's come on. Ah, I, I, I guess if the guy doesn't want to do it, there's nothing you can do, but I, I kind of feel yeah. like if you're going to make that change, do it now because the next Batman appearance we're going to have is a solo film. So that'd be, fine because you're, you're not gonna probably have any of the other characters in it like the other heroes just yeah. just him then you could do like a soft reboot of the character for the next time it's the justice league time and it comes around this time it's jake gyllenhaal all right that's fine i think people could move on because no, that, that. you would have yeah. like so much so many more years in between the two events yeah do you think that DC is thinking hey we're on a good track right now or are they no still- no they don't they fired the a guy that was running WB and they put the, uh, running the, um, uh, DC universe at Warner brothers. And you know that who they put in charge, the guy that has been doing all these horror movies for him, the conjuring and, or, uh, who's been 
showrunnering all those projects. These last few horror hits that w- WB has had, Annabelle Creation and something else. It's not not uh, Blumhouse. No, not no. No, 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 no. It's a. Uh, I'm, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of who that is. I, um, yeah. I'll, I'll look <laughs> up his name. I, it's one of these heads of, of property that, you know, you almost never know unless you're an insider, yeah. I, I would say. I never heard of the guy. Yeah. But they listed well, all for his. What it's, huh? yeah, for what it's worth, I mean, those movies are making a lot of money. Yep. Well, and they wish Justice League would have made a lot more. But I think the way that Justice League was handled is what yeah. now they're restructuring their heads of state as it, as it would be. Hey, and I still, I still root for DC. I well, they only got one movie coming out this year, and that's in December. Just uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Yep. And but and that's with uh, James Wan directing, right? Yep. And that one's done. Principal photography's done on that one. And I've been following uh, David Sandburn, who directed. Oh, he directed a horror movie, and now he's directing Shazam. That's kicking off oh, okay. here this year. I've been following him on Twitter, and he's hilarious. Like, he <laughs> responds to the funniest shit. Like, some guy is like, oh, it's going to suck. Just can it right now, because I have I see who you're casting. This is horrible. Just stop and reboot the whole universe. And he said, actually, we're just skipping principal photography and going straight to reshoots to save money. Oh, nice. <laughs> just shit like that. <laughs> like, fantastic. Yeah. Ah, I can't find this guy's name. Just give me a sec here. Okay. So what is the next the next superhero movie to come out is uh Black Panther, right? I believe so. Okay. Which looks good. I think it looks aggressively badass. Is how I've described those trailers. Yeah. Looks yeah, awesome. Yeah, looks... And then is there that's that's not even summer. Uh, I'm sure that there's something this oh wait, Avengers. Avengers is summer. I think that's May. Yeah. Uh they ha- so... uh, Marvel has 3, at least 3 coming out. Then in in after Infinity War is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Is that winter? I think that's more like August, September. Wow. Man. They're churning them out. I mean, that is a machine. Their plan was to make three a year, I think. Wow. It's, it's weird. And, the, like, the Han Solo movie comes out this summer. So I'm wondering what the big movies are going to be this winter. Obviously, Aquaman will be pretty big. And I'm guessing that the uh, the next Harry Potter... Well, not Harry Potter, but the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, that comes out this November. That'll be probably pretty big. I'm just... There's not going to be a Star Wars movie this next summer, so... Yeah, there is. Han Solo... Or, I mean, not, Solo I'm sorry, not in, summer. Uh, I mean, winter. Uh, winter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Han Solo comes out in May, I think, as well. I think you're going to have Star Wait, Wars up against uh, Justice... Not Justice League. Uh, Infinity Avengers. War. You know, that's going to be interesting. With the reshoots on Solo... Uh, I mean, it's going to be big, but will it be Rogue One big, or will Infinity Wars just tromps all over it? And it really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they're both owned by the same company. Yep. Uh, Infinity <laughs> War will probably be the big one there, unless they've pulled a miracle out of their ass with Ron Howard and changing that thing around. And from what I've heard, they've the amount that they've reshot on that Han Solo movie is like 80% of the movie or something. Like, it was that wow, much. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, coming this year, Black Panther, February 16th. That's next month. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, May 4th. Deadpool 2. Can't forget about Fox and Sony. Deadpool 2 is May 18th. Ant-Man and the Wasp is July 6th. Venom is October 5th, which I'm now more and more looking forward to, especially after watching yeah. Tom Hardy. Well, yeah. I just watched him in something else. So I'm like, yeah, I'm looking forward to Venom. X-Men Dark Phoenix is November 2nd. 
Bumblebee, that's a Transformers spinoff, December 21st. And Aquaman is December 21st. Man, that is a lot of... Su- now, obviously, Transformers isn't really a superhero, but... Well, I, there's a this lot is of... comic book related. Transformers okay. has comic books. Oh, that's good for me. <laughs> yeah, that's... Now, I can keep talking if you want to... It doesn't... I mean... Or at this point, do we have to find out? We have to find out because it's it's a guy that's been showrunning their... Uh, or producing their horror movies. So that's why it's relative to you. Why are you bringing up all these old articles? Google. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> this was just like last week. Here we go, January 4th. Walter Hamada. Do you know that name? Uh-uh. Okay. He, he helped usher uh, It, Stephen King's It. Oh, yes, okay. Come on, just give me the list. Bastards. Whatever. Well, Walter Hamada. That was the name I was looking for. He, he has been put in the position of overseeing DC Films Productions. And like I said, it's one of those guys that's up in the studio system that, for the most part, we probably wouldn't know anyway. But gotcha. uh, I thought maybe, you know, with, there was a couple other horror movies that he had something to do with. Maybe you can look him up on IMDb. He's listed as a producer on. Uh, anyway, what uh, I guess as long as we're on comic books, might as well get this out of the way, too. Gore Verbinski uh, left Gambit. But it's still going to be starring Channing Tatum. Thoughts on that? Okay. Do you care? Do you care about? No, <laughs> <laughs> not really. No. I... But you really liked his last movie, did you not? Lone Ranger. Gore Verbinski. Yeah. Or yeah. Wait, wait. No, no, no. What was his last movie? One of the Lone Ranger. Or oh, I thought the. No, no. He did uh, Cure for Wellness. Oh, was that... oh. I haven't watched that one yet. I have it on my shelf, I but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But you liked uh, which Lone that Ranger. looks good. I did. I am probably the only person on earth that liked that yeah, movie I en- a lot. I enjoyed three fourths of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was a bit too long, but I I remember that was the last movie that I watched before I moved back from Florida, and it was kind of a, almost a surreal type thing where I'm like, I'm gonna watch this shitty movie, and we're moving, and this is so weird, and then I'm like, wow, this is actually really good, and I'm like, this is kind of a feel good, fun, check your brain at the door type of thing, and it just it worked for that time in my life like that was what i needed right there it was a feel-good forgettable big budget thing right um so i i don't know i if you like all the pirates of the caribbean movies it's pretty much that but the old west and here we here i am yeah well he's he's out he's not doing gambit i thought he you know it was an okay choice for doing a gambit movie but i don't know i I also don't feel like he's unreplaceable um walter hamada was an executive producer on the conjuring annabelle the gallows conjuring 2 lights out uh, Crawl Space, Wolves at Your Door, It, and the director of Lights Out was David Sandberg, and he's the one that's doing Shazam. So he's they're gotcha. bringing more horror people in, whereas Marvel seems to be tapping more comedic directors. Or yeah, hey, for what it's worth, those movies. I mean, I don't, I don't much care for the uh, Annabelle movies. This, this last one was stupid, uh, but. They make a lot of money, and there's a you know a lot of people that like those movies. So, you know, hey, go for it. Why not? Yeah, I, I still like that. I hope that DC still tries to blaze their own path and not just piggyback off or try to piggyback off of Marvel. Do your own thing. Yeah, and the, it's so. weird. The more I thought about Justice League, the more I'm like, eh. and the more I think about Last Jedi, the more I'm like, yeah. <laughs> those yeah. are ones that have a shelf life. I think of 
of what your opinion might be on them. Anyway, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch uh, Last Jedi again. Seriously, just after I've watched so many different reviewers to, for and against on like on YouTube, and just like here's why it's so good, here's why it's so bad, and just our back and forth. I'm like, I really want to watch this movie again, uh, but I'm gonna wait until Blu-ray. Uh, that way, it's kind of a clean slate. It's gonna be six months probably or whenever it comes out. And uh, just go in with kind of a clean slate again and watch it in the comfort of my home. Yeah. One of the things I forgot to mention during that review is that your complaints, excuse me, that you oh, had about it didn't bother me at all. Those, I thought your complaints were the only ones that were valid. <laughs> as no. far as being a little long and, did, you know, maybe what was the point of the casino thing? Man. Mm, having a heart attack and dying over here. <clears throat> no. Just a hiccup. I, that that doesn't bother me. It was all the other complaints that I was listening to that I'm like, why? Do, who would even think of that? Why are you complaining about that? But it was like, give me a break. Yeah. Anyway, not going to get back into that. But do you, I mean, Channing Tatum as Gambit? I I think I'm the only person that thinks that's about a perfect fit because he's at oh he's yeah actually for real in real life Cajun, so he should have no problem whipping that accent out. Yeah, I like him. I he's a I I don't know he's. He seems like in real life he, uh, I don't know. He seems to be like more comedic. I think in real like in real life he strikes me as someone that is, he's this big buff dude, but he seems kind of like he might be dorky in real life. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he was a male stripper for a while, I think. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> if it's not funny. At least he gets naked or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, circles all the way back to your Magic Mike review. And now here we are. Let's yep. <laughs> whip out the dongs, because here comes some movie reviews. Uh, what, yep. did you bring, what did you bring for Rapid Trial? <laughs> uh, I was going to just ask, because of my jury duty tomorrow, I was going to just see what, just off the top of your head, without doing a whole lot of research, what are like your what are some of your favorite courtroom dramas? We, it's not something that we really talk about a whole lot. Because uh, there's not many really good ones out there. There is a handful, I think, that come to my mind. But I'm just curious what your thoughts are on, like, when you when you think of courtroom drama, what is, like, what are a few of the top ones that immediately spring to mind? And why? I, the first one that springs to mind is, is generally received as a terrible movie. But it's, we've talked about it many times on this show. But even when you texted me and said you have jury duty, I instantly thought of Keanu Reeves. And that. Oh, Devil's. Uh, advocate. Yeah. Advocate. That's, that's a big one. Wow, I didn't think about that one. <laughs> oh, that's the first one that pops to my head. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but because I like that movie. I think the movie's interesting. It's a great movie for somebody that's not a fan of lawyer movies. I mean, I, I like a good, or I used to like a good lawyer movie, but I, I've gotten away from them quite a bit. Just because, especially with the John Grisham ones, they're so repetitive. You know it's yeah. going to happen. It's the same with why I hate shit like CSI and Law and & Order their lawyer procedurals or cop procedurals because you know it's going to happen. There's no way that it's going to, I mean, maybe sometimes the guy gets away or somebody gets off every once in a while, but 99.9% .9 of the time, the bad guy's going to get it or, oh, we got this piece of evidence at the last minute when all hope was lost. Uh-huh. No way. Yeah. Because otherwise it would suck. It, or it wouldn't be entertaining. And I think that, um, that movie at least really went to a different place because it's basically a, it's a horror movie wrapped up yeah, in, in disguise of that. Uh, other good lawyer movies. Oh boy, I just had one on the tip of my brain and I lost it. Uh, shoot, what about you? 
Well, the first, it's funny that you bring up uh, Devil's Advocate as you're the one that pops in your mind immediately. Because the one that pops into my mind immediately is, is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, yeah. And I know that sounds weird, but I, I love the, the courtroom stuff in that movie works so good as a, uh, I don't know, as a break from the, the horror stuff. And it's genuinely, to me, it was genuinely gripping and like, where are they going to go with this? The performances were great. And I loved that back and forth with that movie. I think that made the movie all the better instead of it just being your typical PG-13 scare flick that there's, you know, there's a lawyer thing going on and, and they're really good. And like from both sides of the, like, I remember the uh, prosecuting attorney and the defense attorney. I'm like, I totally understand both of what they're trying to do. They were, it wasn't like, oh, this lawyer is a complete and utter scumbag. I, I remember the prosecuting attorney in that movie. I'm not sure what the general, what the guy's name is, but he did such a great job of being really good. Like that guy, I would not want to be in front of that guy, yeah. but not in a, he is an awful scumbag lawyer sort of way. It's like, he's doing his job and he's doing it really, really well. Uh, but that's, that's the first one is, I mean, not some classic movie. It's, it's just, that's what I think of. And I, Primal Fear, I Primal Fear would be like that too, or both mm. the lawyers are just doing their job as best they can pretty much. That's, yeah. that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. Lincoln Lawyer. Have you watched Lincoln yes, Lawyer with yeah. Matthew McConaughey? That's decent. Good movie. Uh, yeah, that, I've only seen it once, and it was like, when it was done, I'm like, that was really good, but it wasn't a, I can't wait to watch that one again. Yeah. A Few Good Men? Yep. Uh, I've only watched that one once, years and years ago, and it was great, but I just, like, I don't have a whole lot of desire to rewatch that one. Twelve Angry Men? Have you? Shit. Can't forget about that one. But that's more of a jury movie than a lawyer movie, I guess. That's yeah. a damn good movie, though. I don't know if you've seen that one. Sure haven't. You should. That, that's a classic one yeah. that's awesome. That's an awesome movie. And isn't that one, that's all, I want to say that's all in one room? No. Like, I don't think, no. Because they're in the courtroom, then they're in the, the jury room. Okay. There, there's different scenes cut up. Okay. Uh, have you seen Michael Clayton? Yes. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. I only saw that once, yeah. but. Tony Gilroy directed that one. I, George Clooney and Til, oh, I remember that one there. Tilda Swinton was so uh, in that. She was so good uh, at being someone that I hated in that movie. My cousin Vinny. <laughs> hey, yay. Anyway. I still think no, out of just, all of those, I would take Devil's Advocate. <laughs> that's just funny. And out of all of those, I would take The Exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> Well, as you can see, we're not really lawyer people, lawyer movie people. No, no, we're not. But I know of the John yeah. Grisham ones. I, I thought that Pelican Brief was my favorite of those. Um, it is uh, that with um, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. That's right. Okay. There was one with um, Samuel the Jackson. She... There was the Firm with Tom Cruise. Which the Time to Kill wasn't there? One called the Time to yeah, Kill. Yeah, I think that was that the Sam Jackson one. There was one with Robin. Naomi Judd. Uh, Chris, what's his name? Chris, uh, <laughs> the guy that played wow. Robin. I don't know. He was in one of them. Oh, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, Chris, Chris Connell. Yeah. That sounds, Maybe. sounds right. <laughs> and ironically, I think well, he's been on like a law, a law and order for the last 20 years or something. <laughs> oh, since then. Have you ever watched a full episode of law and order? Mm-hmm. Ever. Oh, oh yeah, really? many. Because my mom was way into them and my wife still kind of likes that stuff. Okay. So, I yes, I have seen them. And, well, I don't, it was, I'm getting all, all con- mixed up and confused, but 
I have watched Law and Orders, yes. But she was into CSI Special Victims Unit, which is the worst of the worst. And I kept trying to tell her, like, I don't know why people give me shit about horror movies when this is on broadcast television. Because this is awful. Like, this is ten times worse than the majority of horror movies that I watch her own. It's Special Victims Unit. It's all about kids getting diddled and women getting gang-raped and... Like, it's the most depraved stuff. Special Victims Unit. Yeah. Who wants to watch this? Like, and it's presented in a very realistic fashion. As entertainment. No. This is horrifying. I would much rather watch a completely fictional Freddy and Jason thing than, uh, (sighs) whatever. But that's just me. What do I know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you. All right. Well, there you go. That's all I had. That's good. That gets us up to enough time to start talking about some recently watched. Yep. I figured we could come up with some random rabbit trail stuff. Yeah, we usually do. Or rabbit turd. Whatever. (laughs) We don't usually have a hard time talking movies. Yeah. I'm going to do a little real quick double header here, but then I figure we just kind of go back one to one. We got plenty of time. Peter Jackson's King Kong for 2005. I haven't rewatched this one in a long time because I haven't picked it up on Blu-ray and I want to watch it on Blu-ray, but then it got dropped onto Netflix and it, I was surprised to see it was the over three hour version. So cool. I'll check it out on there. I haven't watched it in a long damn time and it's still, I still really like the movie. I really enjoy it. It has some, it, it's some of its CGI is getting dated and it's, it's what I refer to as CGI layering which is to say that when they're running away from those dinosaurs all tripping down the hill and stuff, it has never looked good, for one, because of the way that, of what I think of as layering. Because it looks like these guys are running down a green screen, staring at nothing, when they're supposed to be getting yeah. all tangled up with these giant beasts. There's a, a sense of scale problem in that scene. It just, that scene is kind of broken, even though it's still kind of cool to look at. There's other parts of the movie where that layering comes into effect again, where the things just don't look like they're interacting with each other. And there's, you're supposed to feel like they are, and it doesn't feel like they are. It feels like, oh, I'm just flailing all fake. Um, so I don't know how you fix that or whatever, but having dated CGI does not help. Yeah. The movie as a whole, though, I still quite enjoy, and I think it's really cool. And I'm really glad that he took the chance on Jack Black, of all people, for that role. I think he feels fills that role great. And it's a very entertaining movie. You can tell it's got a lot of love for the original King Kong movie, which is also a great movie. Um, and The Hateful Eight. I know I just reviewed this one a month ago or so, but... Yeah, my you wife did. Was, did you watch it again? I did, because my wife was like, "Wow, what do we got on Voodoo? And I was like, oh, we got this. Uh, what's that? Oh, that's the latest one from Tarantino. Have I seen that one? Nope. Well, you want to watch it? Yep. <laughs> Hey, anytime you want to watch a Tarantino, I, I'm i kind of okay with that. That's not... And her thoughts on that were... Oh, she liked it well enough. She's like, I gotta watch it again. But yeah, it was it was okay. It was good. I think she agrees with me. It's about middle of the pack for a Tarantino movie. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Just wanted to let you know I watched it twice, like in two months. <laughs> that's impressive. Yep. Because that's like six hours of your life right there. Why do you gotta put it in such terms to make me feel like I'm just <laughs> wasting my life? Just flushing it right down the shitter. <laughs> 
Please tell me what you've been watching, sir. Because so, <laughs> oh, oh, let me s- yeah. hold on while I think up some good judgmental things to whirl your way. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been spending your time on? <laughs> well, <clears throat> let's start. Oh, here we here go. We go. Let's start with <laughs> delirium. Um. Oh, delirium from Lumberta Bava. From 1989, it's a Code Red movie slash Scorpion movie, I think. It's got an impossibly cool cover of a lady that her whole head is a big eyeball. So, a fake-looking eyeball. I'm like, well, that's out there. Uh, hmm, no, no. It's it's awful. It's the worst, worst kind of awful. And it's chock full of nudity. It's, it's awful. It has a couple kills, Italian kills. It's... It's awful. Awful. Um, can I get, and can it I has, get run times on these things so I can add up how much of your life you're wasting? <laughs> uh, that was an hour and 38 I'm minutes, I believe. <laughs> uh, Lamberto Radici. Um, yeah, the the guy from uh, Cannibal Pavarotti. Fear- <laughs> yeah, the guy from Cannibal Ferox is in this, and, and he's like this weird, like this gay brothel type guy that has a horse stable or something maybe and uh, my god he's in it that's kind of cool and then it oh it goes back to just just oh awful acting and just like i like bad italian movies but this is like bad bad italian movie where there's little redeemable things about it other than the lady with the big with the big eyeball head which is i guess a I don't, man, I don't remember this movie at all. Like, why did she have an eyeball head? I think it was a dream. Okay, dream next sequence. up. That, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was awful. Um, moving on to something a bit better uh, is Force 5. It's from 1981 from director Robert Klaus. And he also made Enter the Dragon. And I was quite looking forward to watching this just because the cover is impossibly cool. A silhouette of a fist coming out of an island... And uh, these tough guy, I don't, yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> the movie, it's yeah. I, I I immediately got sidetracked when I said fist coming in out of, out of an island. Uh, well, let's like, not start uh, that up again. Getting all sexual. Um, okay, so this has I, I had to watch this and I'm trying to not think. Enter the dragon. Enter the dragon. Enter the dragon. Because that's what I wanted to think about. This is not that, and it's not as good as Enter the Dragon, but. For what it is, this was a fun movie. One that you would... Oh, it's a total Eric recommendation here. Nice. Just early 80s, got some cool kung fu. It's similar storyline, actually, where uh, there's an island and there's a bunch of kung fuery going on there and uh, gun smuggling and there's a cult. And it's a whole bunch of... A mishmash of just early 80s grindhousey cool. And this this team of badasses are going to go over there to rescue the senator's daughter who's in the cult. And This all sounds like Enter the Dragon in a way. Yes, it does. Oh, it does. It's just not quite that good. Yeah. And as it was going on, I'm like, this is, this is kick-ass. And then I'm like, boy, there's only like three minutes left of the movie. And okay, now here's the, here's the bull scene. There's a bull scene in this movie, by the way, where this bull tries to kill our hero. Where the bull... Why? I, it's a bull. I'm like, that's okay. I, it yeah, works. It's old school kung fu. Like, oh. Don't ask too many questions. Things things happen. Yeah, the bad guy has a bull. It's kind of his James Bond. This is his James Bond animal. The the villain animal is oh, a bull. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? Well, like, yeah, yeah. You just said this is his James Bond animal. I was like, what? 
yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, but there was like three or four minutes left in the movie. I'm like, um, we're still dealing with the bad guy here. Like, we're going to roll credits here in about 30 seconds. And sure enough, it's one of those movies. Yes. Where, yeah, it's... Done. Helicopter leaves. Roll credits. Like freeze frame. I'm like, whoa, whoa. We needed five more minutes of exposition here to f- like. Let's everybody give hugs and rescue the cult. And it's kind of, but man, that's a that's a kung fu type ending, oh, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's what they, yeah. Usually, Jackie Chan defeats the guy, does a couple of moves, turns around, looks at the camera, jumps up in the air, and it says the end. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one here would have benefited though from just a little bit of breathing room at the very, very end, but. It's an easy recommendation for you. And the the main bad guy, like, I felt like I should be intimidated by him, but I'm like, you know, I'm the farthest thing from a tough karate guy, but I'm like, he doesn't seem like that much of a badass. He's, eh. <laughs> like, I, I I'll let you be it. the judge when you watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you be the judge when you watch it. Okay. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> oh, and one of the guys looks kind of like uh, Matthew McConaughey for some reason. It was like, oh, you're kind of a blonde Matthew McConaughey, like. Kind of tough, and uh, uh, but it wasn't him. Trust me, it was it, it wasn't. I'm trying to look up to see who the big bad guy was. Oh, of course, there's not going to be pictures of it. Bong Suhan. I'm guessing that's who is that's who it I is. I recognize that name, and I don't recognize the movies. Oh well. Okay, you want to do another one, or back to me, or um, yeah, I'll do one more. Um. Have I ever talked about Grizzly? I feel like I've talked about the movie Grizzly before on this show. If you have, it hasn't been recently, because I don't remember. Okay. Okay, let's talk about Grizzly. Have you seen Grizzly? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. Christopher George, my man, is in this. Um, He's awesome in everything. He's awesome. Um, (laughs) Grizzly's from 1976. You're just happy that you know his name this episode. I know, because I fumbled through (laughs) that mess last... Yeah, and that's another reason why I want to review the movie, is because I, I... Sounded like a... No, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. But Christopher George is in this, being very Christopher George-y. This is like two years after uh, Jaws, and it very much feels like it's two years after Jaws. Like, who can be the first one out of the gate with Jaws? The capitalize on Jaws. What's going to be the next Jaws? Well, it's going to be Grizzly. And a low-budget movie... With fake-looking grizzly bear, other than the stock footage of a real grizzly grizzly bear, but it really works well. Like it, it has everything down pat. It's Christopher George is, um, uh, what's his name from Jaws? The Roy uh, Scheider. Roy Scheider, that's him. And there's the one park guy that doesn't, or the mayor that doesn't want to shut things down because God, why? Who knows? <laughs> these, if these people didn't want to be eaten, why were they all splashing around in the water, all food like? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this movie, uh, it's crazy that this movie got a PG rating. But even Jaws back then, like rewatching Jaws, that's a, that is a strong PG 13 rated movie. And this one here is even more so, I think. Like, we're talking kids in peril or killed. And it, there's just a lot of violence in the movie, more than I was expecting. But if you like low rent creature feature, you know, animals, a muck type of thing. This is, this is thumbs up. Big thumbs I up. I like and, all those things. Oh yeah. And it's, and it has that seventies sheen that I love that kind of gritty, low budget, but still you can tell there was a big crew behind it. And we're trying to make an exact replica of Jaws. And yeah, 
Mission Accomplished. Good movie. Thumbs up. And that's one that I want, I have it on Blu-ray and I really want you to watch that sometime. That's a, I'd like to hear your opinion on that thing. Well, if it counts as a horror, then put it in October. Mm. Yep. It very much does. That is a very much a grindhousey horror movie. Cool. Okay. Next up for me. Damn it. <clears throat> I wanted to have this synopsis up and I got distracted by your force of five. Uh, I teased this one last week. And I finished it up. Oh boy. This fucking movie. Holy shit. Devil Man Crybaby. Is that the anime? It's an anime, yes. One season on Netflix. Netflix produced! A sensitive demon boy is led into a brutal, degenerate war against evil by his mysterious friend, Ryu. Ryo. Ryo. I don't know. Anyway, the very first episode, this guy... Is just a normal kind of high school kid, whatever, out partying. He's very shy. And he meets this guy named Ryu, and the guy's like, don't you ever... It goes off on this tangent about how much evil there is in the world, and how people are full of evil, and yada, yada, yada. And he says, here, let me show you. And he stabs a couple of people in the dance club. It's very, very gory. I've seen some gory, disturbing, hard R-rated anime. This is next level. I've never seen anything quite like this with gore and nudity. It's unbelievable. Uh, and then okay. everybody who is evil or having bad thoughts starts morphing and turning into demons. I'm talking not just like, Grawl, now I look like a scary thing from Doom. I mean like their chest splits in half horizontally and becomes a mouth and then they have 50 tentacles and nice. boobs and wieners everywhere and they're all just start attacking all the humans and devouring them and there's just body parts all over the place. And then our main character gets possessed by some powerful demon, except he fights it so that he doesn't turn into a demon, so he becomes Devil Man. So he's like a man, he still has the heart of a man, of a human, but he can control it. So he goes on this mission to destroy all of these demons that are hiding in human bodies. That sounds great. It is. It's a little cartoony and a little weird, though, in the animation style. I don't know if you'd love this whole thing. I fin I watched the whole thing, and I'm glad that I did, because... There are a couple of episodes maybe where it was like, ah, this could have been a little shorter. But every single episode was chuck full of R-rated gore and nudity, man. Like, gross, gross stuff. Even if it's a little cartoony, it's still just geysers and fountains of blood and gore all over the place in every single I'm episode. I'm surprised that Netflix, uh... We'll get to that. Signed we'll, off on we'll that get, one. We'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, but before okay. we do, I, I, I wanted to say that... Like, I felt like it got a little bit slow in the middle there. It's only 10 episodes, and they're short. They're like 30 minutes, I think. So it's not too bad of a time commitment, because they've always got intro tracks and outro tracks, and, you know, you skip the bullshit. That You can get through this pretty painlessly. Yeah. And you might want to give it a try. And, and here's how I think I want to sell it to you. Watch the first episode, maybe two. If you're into it, keep going. If you're not, quit. The reason to stay in it, though, I, I the last three episodes, I was like, okay, I kind of got an idea where this is headed, and I think that they're going to do this. And they went a different way. And the way that they went was better. And I cannot believe that final episode. I can't believe it, dude. There will... Hmm. I, I can't imagine there will be a second season of this. This is a one and done. They're done, as far as I can tell. I, I don't have any possible... I can't fathom a way in that they could continue. 
And I, I hmm. think this was an anime series like in the 70s or something. So I think there was an old series of this. But I don't know anything about that one. I have never checked that one out. If I come across it, I'm going to now. Um, but this series was so disgusting. And wow, I, I couldn't... Like, there were times where I was like, I can't watch this show because there are other people in the house. And I can't have anybody walk in the office and see me watching this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it just... They would be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, but, it, man, that I was so happy. The, the way that they ended it, at first I was like, oh, but then I thought about it more. I was like, man, that was gutsy. Ugh. Everything in this show was gutsy, but it was gutsy to end the show the way that they did. I couldn't believe that. Man, that was nuts. Uh, now, like, we've talked before about how, how Dante's Inferno, how hardcore and crazy that is. It's a great movie. It's that level of hardcore gory. Now, it, some of the animation is a little more cartoony, so it's not quite so realistic. Yeah. But that actually is helpful because I don't feel like I need to shower with a Brillo pad and bleach after this, like I did with Dante's Inferno. Plus, it's episodic, so I can take a break. <laughs> gotcha. But uh, I, you definitely should watch an episode or two. And like I said, they're not like super duper long, so it's not that painful. I would love okay. to hear what you think of the first episode. Because after I watched the first episode, I was like, I don't know if I can do nine more of this. Like, this is hardcore. So. Ooh, okay. All at least right. check out right. that first one. Let me know what you think. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Anything else? Another one? No, nah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'm going to do a pair of slasher movies. Well, um, my wife needs me to take care of kids real quick. So no just that we'll just pause right there. I'll be right back. Good, you're fine. All right. I guess I could keep reviewing stuff that I'm trying to get off my list that it's just back burner. That I'm not really interested in talking about. Ah, I watched chicken little, um, with my kids. They were, they were like, dad, chicken little, it's on Netflix. And I was like, okay. So I watched that. It's not the worst animated film I've ever seen, but I, don't really feel a desire to ever watch it again. There were aliens in it for some reason, I guess, because the sky is falling. Chicken little, wee! I also watched the Santa Claus over Christmas time break with um, Tim Allen. I haven't seen that since it came out. Don't really regret not seeing it in all that time. And, uh, uh, that's a movie. That's a picture right there. There's legalese. If you pick up a dead man's coat that fell off your roof, then you're contractually obligated to be fat Santa Claus now. Obsessed with cookies and breaking into people's homes. Because that makes any sort of sense. You're legally obligated to commit breaking and entering. Uh-huh. I guess I can just go ahead and check those off the list. Check. Check. Mm-hmm. Those happened. Eh, now I'll just wait for Eugene. But hey, I talked about him. So, you're welcome. You're welcome. Movie freaks. I guess I could take this time to say a public service announcement. Uh, please go rate us. 
wherever you listen to us. On iTunes, FeedBurner, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play Music. Give us a rating, give us a review. That helps with our placement on those uh, websites. Thank you very much. Leave us a comment. Tell us how we can do better. Email us, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Visit our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod. And moviefreakspod on the Twitter. We appreciate you taking the time to like and comment and give us lots of stars. I know it's a pain in the ass. Worstly, it's boring. You guys ready for another movie commentary track? We're going to do that again here soon. Yep. What movie do you want us to do? Give us a list of suggestions. It's, uh, it's hard to come up with the right movie that's just right, perfectly good, bad. And don't give us just garbage titles. No asylum movies. You don't need us blabbing about octopus versus shark man or whatever crap they're doing right now. Why are you shirtless? <laughs> oh, this is how you should go. Freak. This is how you should go into the courtroom tomorrow. <laughs> Just sweats and nothing else, and walk in from the outside with sweats on and nothing else. I'm. I mean, it, it's a furnace oh. in this room. I mean, I'm so hot I can barely take it. Okay. So yeah. So I'm. I'm uh, magic micing it up now for the rest of the episode. Well, I guess let's do this. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be comfortable, so I'm just going to strip down to my skivvies. Alrighty. Um, okay. Okay. Up. So, so, a pair of slashers, starting with Night School from 1981, starring Rachel Ward, who is, I believe, or was a model. Um, anyway, she should have been if she wasn't, because, wow. Um so I've heard a lot about this movie, and uh, I watched it once before, and I quite liked it. Well, it came out on Blu-ray, so of course I have to own every and every single slasher movie in existence. Night School is—I um, mean, I'm not sure how much I want to get into the plot because it's—it's it's a slasher movie. The twist on this one is quite good, um, really good, actually. Uh, and this is a slasher movie that. It came out uh, in 1981, so it, it was like right in that time where like every other movie coming out seemed to be a slasher movie. Uh, and this one here doesn't quite reach the heights of like Friday the 13th Part 2 and Halloween 2, um, The Burning, some of the bigger ones. But what this one does quite well is, while it's not overtly gory, uh, it's really really mean spirited in how it kills off the victims, which there's only a couple kills in it, but man, it's like, it's not that gory and it's early eighties yet. It's still really, for some reason, it just feels really hardcore with how this killer kills. And then when it all comes about as to why I'm like, Oh, a good little, almost a mystery type of thing. Like it's a slasher mystery. Uh, but it's, if you like this, this type of thing, it, uh, big thumbs up. I'm looking forward to it. This is one where I can tell I'll be watching it uh, numerous, numerous times in the future. Highly recommended. Keep expectations in check. It's, it's, yeah, again, it's not Halloween 2 or Friday the 13th Part 2, but it is, uh, it's a minor gem, if you ask me. It doesn't reach the uh, depths of, um, 
Well, shit. Um, <laughs> that were you going to say depths of depravity? That no, and yeah, well, no, I mean, it doesn't reach the depths of some of the bottom of the barrel slasher movies because there were so many slasher movies right around that time. There were some duds, but this one here is a slight bit above middle of the pack. But one that you should, I think, you should check it out. Uh, the killer's outfit is quite cool, and it it follows all of the the standard American. It's it, it's yeah, you've seen this all before, but it's it's if you like it, you'll quite enjoy this. Okay, so. Night School. Next up, this movie here I have never heard about ever. And uh, I'm surprised I didn't with how much I love Christmas horror movies. Um, but that's one that uh, had escaped me. Uh, so I, it looked impossibly cool. And of course, I was let down because it could not live up to the cover. Uh, and the movie is... Okay, the movie is called... Deadly Games from 1989, and it's about this kid. It's basically Home Alone with a killer Santa Claus. So, did you say game or games? Deadly Games. Plural. Okay. Yes. So this, and this is a French movie, by the way, but it's a French movie that is very, very, very much trying to be an American movie. Uh, it's Home Alone, but with kind of a serial killer Santa Claus, but he's just more of a disgruntled kind of not really wanting to be serial killer Santa Claus. He's more of a disgruntled Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, the kid's got a mullet. That's something. <laughs> Silent night, annoyed night. <laughs> yeah. he's Yeah. And he, he likes his rock and roll music and he's uh, kind of like Macaulay Culkin, but maybe a little cooler. Uh, oh, Macaulay was like yeah. 10, wasn't he? Yeah. This kid, well, this kid's about that age oh, too. Okay. But it's like he he comes up with um, not booby traps, but kind of like his homemade things that he does to battle this Santa Claus guy, and, and he's got a grandpa that can't see, so he's trying to save his life, and the mom is trying to get home, but, but the roads are bad. <laughs> is it a um, prequel to Silent Night Deadly Night? <laughs> no, no, I it, it everything about it was just dull and. Like it, like uh, I get it. You're trying to be, and it felt very much like an American movie, but just I'm like you're speaking French. Yeah. So, like, if you think, oh, it's going to be a French movie, it's not a French movie at all. It doesn't feel like a French movie. In fact, it's like I wish that there'd be an English dub track on here because it feels like I should be watching this in English, not French. It just feels that that way. But, um, eh, that's a complete and total skip. And I was hoping for a gem, but no. At this point in my life. Those older movies, it's hard to find the gems anymore. But they're still out there. Deadly Games is one and of if, them. if you play your cards right and watch it just enough times, you'll start to like it. Oh, yeah. Bring on that nicotine. Eventually, <laughs> eventually that tar tobacco, it's going to be delicious. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, I... It, they, and this, by the way, this could have been good. The production values were there. Even the setup was there. But, like, you're... Making kind of a slasher movie, home invasion type movie, but you're making it without practically any violence whatsoever. Like, what? Like, have some cannon fodder show up and axe them off, but nothing. That would, that would have definitely taken this movie, like, seriously, like five or six kills. Now we're talking, but I've, no. April Fool's Day. I kind of, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, nope, that's a big skip. Night. Uh, Night School, big thumbs up, and Deadly Games was a swing and a miss. All right. One more round for me and I'll be done. <clears throat> T2, Train Spotting 2. 
Finally got this checked off the list last night, and I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than my wife, who hasn't watched the original in a while. I have watched that movie so many times that I know it inside and out, so I was familiar with every little Easter egg and detail that they were referencing of the original. I thought that while uh, train spotting, I haven't looked at any reviews, so sorry if I'm regurgitating other things other people have said. Um, while the first train spotting was an interesting look at partying and stuff, I don't know, it's more than that, but partying and friendships and whatever in your 20s, this is an interesting look at it in your 40s. Or, you know, late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. A lot of retrospective, not only just on the first movie, but also on their childhood. When they met, they had lots of flashback scenes of, of things that happened in their... Uh, when, when they became friends, thinking back to that sort of things when they were kids. Which I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was very well done. This is Train Spotting 2. This is a sequel worthy of having that title. It is a really good movie. I quite enjoyed it. Do I like it as much as the first one? I can't say that right now because I've watched that first one. I, the first one was 20 years on this one that I've watched 20 times. Uh, so I, it's worthy to be the sequel. And I see that I if I hang with it enough and invest as much time with it as I did the first one that, yeah, I could come around to thinking it is, but I'm not quite there yet. So anyway, I quite enjoyed the movie and I'm looking forward to watching it multiple times more. But uh, anyway, what did you think about it? Uh, I've only seen it one time. And it, I quite liked it. Now, I'm not sure what your setup was like. You watched it on DVD, if I'm not mistaken, right? I did, and it looked fine. The sound was the issue that I had with the movie. Now, I did not program this movie in when it played at our theater, but we had multiple complaints about it being way too loud. Um, having said that, like uh, the the volume level for the music was insane, but the dialogue was low and to the point where it's almost like it wasn't mixed really well or something uh, because their accents are so thick so the reason it was a little bit louder is so that you could understand their what they're saying but then the music would just come on on this movie and it's just boom 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 and it got to the point where um even for me watching it i liked it but i'm like this is almost pummeling me with the that music um and then what are they saying i can't quite understand but Having said that, the movie itself is quite good. Not quite as good as the first one, I don't think, but I've I've only watched this once. I'm looking forward to watching it again sometime. Thought that it was interesting with the ending. Um it I don't know why, for some reason, it reminded me just a little bit of the original Blade Runner. And that seems weird to even say, but just with uh them and that building and Bigsby is kind of crunching through the walls, trying to get to him. It just felt a lot like Rutger Hauer and uh, Harrison Ford doing their thing in that big building. I don't know. that probably just me. That's what I thought. But it is a good movie. Uh, it's a Danny Boyle movie, and Danny Boyle generally does not make bad movies. So uh, it's odd that it didn't do better. I was expecting that movie to be this big art house hit, but it was not. It just kind of came and went. But I liked it. It gets a thumbs up from me. I'm looking forward to watching it again. I'll eventually own that on Blu-ray, but uh, it's... Not one that I need to own right this very second. So, And I'm going to uh, throw another review um, out there. Now, I know I talked about Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, but since my review of that, I have gone on to watch uh, Harry Potter the Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, 
Goblet of Fire. And actually, after this show, I'm going to be finishing up with Order of the Phoenix. These are all on 4K Blu-ray. And um, I was actually, I told my wife I'm planning on spacing these out a little bit more and just savoring them a little bit more because my wife and I like watching these so much together. They are our favorite movies to watch together. Like, of every series of movies, the Harry Potter movies are, are they're our personal favorites. And once we got started, because I was like, okay, we're going to maybe once a month or once every other week, we'll watch another one. Well, now it's full on. Like, as soon as the kids are in bed... Okay, here we go. Let's even let's pick up where we left off. And we're not even watching full ones every night because we get started late. So it's like we're watching half of a movie this night and then the next night we watch we watch the rest of it. So tonight is going to be the rest of Order of the Phoenix. Um, and now there's only five, seven movies left after that? Uh, well, no, then it's Half-Blood Prince and then Deathly Hallows Parts 1 and 2. And then we may revisit uh, Fantastic Beasts. I don't know, but... Um, but the 4K restorations on these, I was wondering how they would go. I'm so familiar. I'm so familiar with the Blu-rays of these. I, I'm just, I was very curious. Like, after watching Chamber of Secrets, that looked s- stellar. How are the rest of these movies going to fare? Are they going to, like, as they get closer to, like, more recent, are they going to basically be the same as their Blu-ray counterparts? But thus far, at least up to Order of the Phoenix, they all, it's weird how all of these 4K Blu-rays look very similar. Like, it's hard to start, like, the quality is so good. It's not like one is really better than the other one. And I think that's kind of cool where that next level of technology is, um, even though we're getting closer to, you know, more recent movies, I'm like, this, these look, the, the transfers are so stunning on these things and they all kind of are looking the same now. But um, the, a huge, to me, it, this is a great progression of Blu-ray to the next step. And I have, I'm like, ah, oh, Blu-ray is as good as it's going to get or as good as it needs to get. But uh, seeing some of these restorations, I'm like, wow. Well, we we thought for, that about DVD too. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, this stuff on a perfectly calibrated uh, system, it's impressive. Very impressive. And I, one of these days, I'm going to get the uh, Blade Runner 4K uh Blu-ray. I and I, I still have my original 2007 Blu-ray that is awesome mm-hmm. and worth a lot of money. Actually, they that's an out of print one there. But eventually, I'm going to get that 4K one because I I cannot imagine that thing wouldn't look breathtaking in 4K. So awesome. Anyway, there you go. And the movies speak. I've I've reviewed the movies already, but I just wanted to comment a little bit more on that uh, the restorations and how it's going through the whole series in 4K. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to review for this episode? Um, I, that should do it. I mean, I just, I have some other stuff, but yeah, it's fine. Okay. We're good. Coming soon for me, Blade Runner 2049, one way or another, I believe we'll yes. be watching it this week. I sure hope so. Um, via your voodoo or my buddy giving me a code. So I'm looking forward to that very, very much. And I listed a ton of things. Hunt for Red October is high on my rewatch list. Cause I got the blue right now. But I, I listed a ton of shit last week. All of that stuff still stands. I'll get to it eventually, hopefully. And for you? Uh, for me, I've got It heading my way. Can't wait to watch that. Director's Cut? No, just I think that right now, I, I the Director's Cut is not out yet. And I, I'm not going to wait. I missed it in theaters. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie now. I'm tired of waiting. So... 
it will be watched by this weekend, and it'll be on Vudu for you to watch as well. Oh, I probably will watch that too. Anthony texted me today, one of our listeners, and said that he was watching it and it was scaring the shit out of him. He's going to have nightmares. Excellent. So music, good. music to my ears. High praise. <laughs> uh, another Blu-ray that I have headed my way for all of I think six dollars, brand new, is your. Y-O-R. You're the hunter from the future. Oh. Oh. Why? Or? Oh, it's because it's $6, you see. And oh, it's... Okay. The cover Was, is... Wasn't that the a cover looks, Science Theater? Oh, I think so. I, I, okay. I certainly do. Yeah, it's... uh The cover looks like a Italian He-Man knockoff or something or other. Um, I could be wrong, but good Lord, that looks great. It cannot be as good as the cover looks, but it's $6. Why not? Um, have you Have you seen that movie? I don't know. Maybe as a mystery science theater thing, but otherwise I don't know. I know what it is vaguely, but it it was like (laughs) your, and I was like, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) But mine. But But yours. Yes. Um, (laughs) And I have a couple of things uh, that are sitting on the deck. You know, I I have had for the longest time on my Blu-ray, like for my workout Blu-ray stack, uh, I've got the Creed movie. I bought it for dirt cheap on Blu-ray, a couple bucks. Um, and like, it's been there for months. And every time I see it, I'm like, I, I'm not putting it back on the shelf because if I do, I will never watch this movie ever. So I keep it out there as a, you got to watch this. Have you seen this movie? No. Do you have any interest in this movie? Oh, man. It got great reviews, but so does every yeah, Rocky know. movie. And I, I just I know. never got into the Rocky movie. I watched them all, so I had a review file. And I don't like any of them, really. I, I think the first one's decent, and they get progressively worse. I just am not into boxing movies. Like, I don't know. I just don't get the yeah. Rocky thing. I, I, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't have a huge history with it either, but... Like you said, it got great reviews, and Sylvester Stallone's supposed to be fantastic, and, and I just, like, oh, it's two hours, and I pay, I think I paid two bucks for the thing. And I'm like, I, I'm going to watch that, I'm going to watch that Rocky movie, or whatever, Creed movie, especially now that they're making a sequel, and it isn't going to be, Dolph Lundgren's son's going to be in it, maybe, or... Sure, know. why not? Yes, yes. Okay, that's it. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> Well, let me know how it is. If you give it high praise, maybe I'll check it out. I didn't even check yeah. out Rocky, the one that came before it. I, I stopped with the oh, five. Wow. I forgot that they even made that. And it was serviceable. It was fine. But I actually forgot that they made that. Uh, yeah, there's too many of those. Yeah. There needs to be more Death Wish, Death Wish movies. More, more Ooh, Death Wish. I, well, I've seen that Eli Roth trailer, and I would say, no, there doesn't. There uh, does not need to be. Yeah, I agree there. I, well, yeah. <laughs> Charles Bronson, why'd you have to die on us? Yeah, really. <laughs> but that does look awful. I had other I like, things I to do. Yeah. <laughs> have you watched any? Have you watched all of the uh, Death Wish movies? I believe so. Oh, really? Oh, you did. Re- I remember you reviewed like parts f- I three think part and four? four. I think that's. The I haven't seen part four. But yeah, I remember part three being just insane and awesome. And oh, I don't remember anything about those movies. <laughs> That was the one with one the part where he jumped across a roof and the roof collapsed. That's the only thing I remember from the whole movie. I think that was part three. Yeah, part three was the bazookas and the machine guns and the oh, gangs. Oh no, and... I do remember part three. Mohawk guy. Yes, or the Mohawk. The, the anti Mohawk guy. Yeah, anti Mohawk. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I do remember. Crazy. It was part four where that roof thing fell in. I think maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That was like as canony of a canon movie as you can get. Is is Death Death Wish three is just. It oozes canon. Yep. That's a good thing. Yep. Just 
lots of people just wandering around and barrels on fire and, and yes, oh, really old people with machine guns and nails and boards and yeah, and yep. then nudity and yeah. <laughs> and I watched it when I was like all of ten years old at the theater. You haven't seen it since? Oh yes, oh yes. And now recently I have not, but uh, oh yeah, Death Wish three. That is that is yeah, uh, yeah. It's a movie. <laughs> And with that, I think it's time to say goodnight. It's a movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the most movie freaky thing that's been said, I think. So you you win. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Eugene oh, won. <laughs> and I'm Eugene Weaver. Uh, Merrick Marner. I'll see you next week, dude. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>